0: How's it going, beautiful people? <clears throat> Welcome to another episode of the of my five cents. And today uh, I was able to uh, have a great conversation with my friend Eric Nangoe, or Frog, depending on the setting you met him. Uh, but yeah, Frog or Eric is, is a massage therapist based out of Rockland, uh, my hometown. So and, and we go way back. Frog and I kind of weird saying Eric but frog and i go way way back we start training together started lifting some weights at the ymca back in the days and that's like probably just six seven years ago which is seems so far um but we met it met there and then start training together and uh now frog he is a full star therapist trains at the out of snap fitness in rockland and he like just before the second lockdown, I think he pulled something ridiculous like 600 pounds off the floor as a deadlift, um, which is absurd, especially hearing that like four years ago he had a uh, shoulder surgery uh, and we go down like on like uh, in this conversation together, we go down like of uh, rehab and training for clients and then for, for himself, what he does and what he schedules like it. So I hope you guys enjoyed this conversation. Uh, it was really cool uh, to get that going. Um, and as you know, it gets better and better as it keeps going. So please stay on this conversation. And I'll see you in the next one. Peace. Sweet, man. And it's recording, man. We're live. Welcome, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. And then Eric Langlois from rock vegas ontario what's up my dude
1: hey how's it going
0: how's your day so far man
1: Uh pretty easy going had a coffee a little breakfast woke up easy going morning you know what about you
0: uh same thing same thing just at the office right now having my coffee uh couple couple stickers on my coffee and like ready right to rock and rock and
1: roll so man don't care <laughs>
0: <laughs> man so for people tuning in, I don't know if like if they follow along on the social media game, but man, last year, man, you've been making some gains in the last two years in, in the in the gym,
1: dude. Well, we we've been we've been grinding, eh? So uh, took powerlifting a little bit more seriously and stuff. So we've been training a little harder. Uh, we're out of college too, so we have more time on our hands. Focus on different goals. So. Uh, some progress has been made, but same thing for you, right? You can't say you haven't done any progress.
0: No, you, right? Like you know, gotta go full beef when you need to go full beef. You know what I mean?
1: <laughs> oh yeah, gotta get all of the gains and leave none behind.
0: Yeah, <laughs> for sure, man. But let's get into this, man. Like, how did you find uh, massage therapy? Because your massage therapy based out of which clinic in Rockland?
1: Uh so, well, how do I find massage therapy? So like how I got in school or just where I'm working? What do you mean?
0: No, <laughs> no, no, you're fair. But like, what got you into massage therapy? i was like, okay, yes.
1: So well, started off. Uh, it was kind of just a shot in the dark. Not gonna lie. Uh, so started off in dental hygiene, and turned out, yo, know, I got big hands, and people got small mouths, and it, I was not good at it. It was not for me. So then I decided to quit that, and then uh, just looked on college programs that. That were just available to do and then i found massage therapy and i was like hey you know what i like the health and fitness field uh, i like the human body how it functions and all that so i decided to shoot my shot on it so i uh, went to sudbury because it was a french school so got myself signed up in there and then uh, not gonna lie the first year was not the best year like it, it wasn't the most interesting but after that it was pretty cool like uh, you just learned so much and second year that's when i I really got into love loving the the field like it 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 got really interesting that's when you go in depth you learn all sorts of things so that's how i started into it
0: nice man so like so you just like out of the blue decided to go massage therapy this is the way i can't fit my fingers in someone's mouth and
1: like take out cats. yeah well that's pretty much what it was like uh, I didn't really have anyone who influenced me to hey massage therapy you want to go pick into it uh, like l- look at that it's a cool field it was kind of just like a shot in the dark and uh, turned out it was a lot more interesting than I thought you know like uh, it, it once you dive in it's a lot more than what you think it is it's not just a massage it's not just going to get your back rubbed right there's a lot more into it and the the way that they educate you on to what massage can be and what you can do with massage therapy, I find is really intense just cause it's, it, it's a lot more profound and deeper than what it, it it's, it's, it's not just superficial either, Right. You, you go into like all the conditions you can treat everything like that. So then you can physical, mental, nervous, cardiovascular so then you get into like uh, all the tests you could do right so let's say you have an athlete with like all sorts of knee problems shoulder problems well it's just to test those orthopedic tests onto the athlete and then i oh, don't know it's super interesting because you get really in depth into different stuff
0: and i think that's like the beauty about it right like you look at massage therapy and like oh i'm gonna get my like you could do it very like superficial get your back rub relax and like thank you Pasco collect your money get like in like the client moves on with their day or you could look at it from like a performance standpoint and be like oh you have an injury you have you want to be better at this you could like treat very very to that like deeper level of understanding of the conditions per se
1: well that's another part right so i don't know what all your clientele looks like so i i I worked a lot with motor vehicle accidents so lots of stuff like that so that, that's something that was really cool. It's just because you got these very severe injuries, right? And it's not necessarily athletic based or, you know, like at performance and stuff. It's just freak accidents that it could happen to anyone. So you get to be all types of different people, right? It's not, you're not getting these freak athletes. You're not getting these sedentary people. You're getting a wide variety of people. And what's cool is that usually very serious injuries, and you get to see the progress that they make with massage therapy. It's somewhat, I react very well to it. And it's just the progress. So, I mean, it's also validating in that point, having a client start off at this staircase and then you see them step by step going up and going up and having the progressions through it. Right. Cause it's, it's not just, Oh, no more pain, but, Oh, I can do this now. I couldn't do this two months ago. And then you just see these little progressions and then you also see the clients and the patients being very like validated on, wow, I can do this now.
0: Wow, man, that's really cool. And like, you, you didn't think you could influence someone like that to this level now compared to like first year learning anatomy one to four, basically.
1: Well, I mean, I didn't think uh, first year, uh, not much anatomy to be honest, a little bit of uh, cranial stuff, but it was mostly like, oh, we're gonna do, we're gonna learn to do effleurage, we're gonna do lots of relaxation stuff. So that, that's the first year for me. Well, we, we both went through two different programs, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, but like, I mean, like, it's it's different, right? Because like first couple semesters, like for me, it was like a lot of like theory base. And then you're like, how can I help people and I'm not touching them, right? And then for you, if you're saying like, it's a lot of craniosacral, a lot of like Swedish massage for a semester, it's just like, oh, how can I actually help someone with like a motor vehicle accident now?
1: <laughs> it's, it's very uh, speculative. Is that a word? Yeah, well, whatever, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, French, to, We're French. So it's out. Two French yeah. kids
0: from, like, Rockland and trying to figure things out in English. Whatever is want to be said, we could say it.
1: Yeah. We invent words. Don't care.
0: <laughs> but, man, that's sick. So you went to Sudbury. You did your three years. You, you had a quick shout-out to, like, Mr. Yves Charette over there. I think he was one <laughs> of the – like – great Brandon. you got the chance to pick his brain a lot
1: while you were there. Right? You fantastic teacher. I got to give it to him. Like, uh, learned a lot from him and lots of, uh, not just on knowledge, but lots of like professional boundaries and stuff like that. Just very interesting as a mentor and a teacher. I, I got to give it to him. Good job.
0: Nice, man. So what was the like craziest thing he did to you? though? Like, cause man, I, I want to bring in that back. Cause like when I was in college there in Sudbury, he, Digged his arm into my armpit so deep i start tearing
1: up okay so for me he never treated me much or i think he only only treated not even a treatment so i I had a knee problem and my meniscus slid out and he he just watched me and laughed and said hey (laughs) what are you gonna do about it like your meniscus is out and then he just comes up and then he just turns my ankle in a weird way and then my meniscus slid back and then it's like whoa that was wild because usually it's a huge pop and then it like it stays out of place and it really hurts and I felt no pain and it just slid back in and I was I was just baffled but I did not understand the concept of what he did and then he explained what he did and then it's like wow it was that simple but it wasn't that simple in my head you know so it's something sometimes the solution is a lot easier than what you think it is.
0: And is that something you like you're taking into practice right now, like on your day to day basis with work?
1: So you mean simplifying things? Yeah. Uh, so it, it comes with practice, right? Once you learn, you, we're learning every day. Uh, I can't say I come into the field saying, I know everything. I know how to fix every condition. I can, I can fix anyone i can fix everything it's not at all how it is right because every day you're learning and then you gotta you gotta do a little bit of research every day to see hey sometimes you just get this person come in and then it's uh, this is their condition it's like i wasn't ready for that one that that that, that's a new problem for me uh so then you gotta do a little research on it right because you do the tests and everything it's like okay like this is how you're reacting and then you you, you talk with the client, you say what their goal are, their goals are, and then you do the treatments and then you do your best cap- capability. And then, but after the treatment, you also learn about the client itself, right? So you learn how they reacted and what's going on. And then once that happens, it's like, okay, cool. And then you go do more research on what happened and how they reacted. And that's what, how you find more things. It's, it's, it's a type of continuing education, even though it's not a formal type it's still something you can research into right so you could just go look at all all types of things so let's say you have lower back pain well sometimes it's a lot more simple than just saying oh okay uh i think it might be a slipped disc uh all these intense injuries that a person could have sometimes it's just like hey you might just have a tendonitis in your glute something like that. And then what that happens is just, it's causing referral pain because of the trigger points and all that into the lower back. Sometimes it's a lot more simple and it's not as severe as some people might think it is.
0: That's right. And like, I think, I think like, there's a lot of like overcomplication of, or we overcomplication of um, like paralysis by analysis sometimes. Like where we, like, we got to know so much and then we tend to forget like, we're there with like our knowledge of anatomy we're at the top and then like average Joe coming in and he's like oh my back hurts it's been seven months my back hurts I'm like tired of it my back hurt and can you help me and you're like okay well this this is this and this and this and this and he's just like yo know dude I just didn't understand what you said
1: I, I my back hurts fix me it's yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> but I, I think like it's something to be said right it's like I think it's an art. Of like making sure like the communication level can vary from client to client, and like sometimes it's like, hey, like go for a ten minute walk, and things could be better.
1: Well, it's like sometimes you get a client come in, and everything is normal, and then you're using you're using layman's terms, right? You're just using normal words. You're back, and then client just pops up, my quadratus lumbus and my paraspinals, and then you're just like, oh, that's how we're going today. <laughs> We're going big words <laughs> because <Okay. laughs> your, your client knows what they're talking about. So they, they, they throw the correct terms at you and then they, they have all this. And so then you're like, okay, cool. So like you can have an intellectual conversation with your client, which which is awesome because chances are they're going to understand what you're throwing at them, right? So it, it it's communication. You can be a little bit more accurate than usual instead of instead of going to the poster and pointing, so this muscle right here, your client probably already knows about the muscle. So you, you can have a little bit more of a profound conversation and just discussion on what's going on. And it, the client might be able to more accurately describe what they think their problems or what they know their problems.
0: Those are like rare people, right? But it, those are so fun, man. Like when they show up and they're like tossing big words and you're like, all right, all right, here we go. Rocky Balboa versus Ivan Drago, ready to fight. You know what well, I mean? It's not
1: necessarily a fight, but it's just like, damn, I got to use the big words today. <laughs>
0: no, anyway, yeah, for sure. Just like, oh, okay, cool. This, this is what I signed up for. Because, like, you know, yeah. and it just gets you excited, right? And like, so this is one thing I really want to talk with you because, like, out of the gates, you were very, very busy as a massage therapist.
1: Well, oh. I gotta say, I was lucky uh, to have. These clinics accommodate me, and they offered me like these, They offered me a position there, and well, they already had a clientele like established. So for me, was, I, I was very lucky in that way because I had very a good supportive group around me and a good business to accommodate me. So I gotta say I was lucky. So I got lots of experience off the bat. I gotta give it to them. Thank you very much shout out
0: um but no but, but i mean like it's it speaks volume now right like you're, you're in the field like side note like eric and i like we did our exam together like our written exam and then we got our notes together but i mean like compared to you like you got so much experience out of the gates and like now like the level of communication you can have with clients
1: is so much better well it's reps right fair you're, you're getting reps in so it, it's, it's experience you're just this is such a meathead answer dude <laughs> <laughs> well it is you are you're, you're getting a lot of repetitions in you're you're practicing right it's practice makes perfect so I, some people might think like i'm a fresh newbie out of school i'm gonna be the best some people might have that mentality i mean it's not wrong another way to look at it is i'm gonna give it my all so i can try to be my best two different ways to go at it. So depending on which one you pick, one is already the best in their head and the other one is striving to become the best. And the best way to do that is practice, right? Same thing with you, like it's the meathead answer. Are you gonna go to your comp as a weightlifter and say, I never practiced once, but I know I'm the best and I'm just gonna lift the most. I I don't need to practice, I'm just gonna lift it because I know I can lift it. Hell no, you're out there every day And you're training for what, two, three, four hours a day, even maybe even twice a day sometimes. And you're practicing. So it's, it's, it's repetitions, right? Like you're not going to be the best without practicing. We're talking about
0: practice, right? Uh, The famous quote from Mylon Iverson, we're talking about practice and, and it's something to be said, right? Like uh, you've had, you're very, yes, you're very lucky in the fact that you're working in clinic, there's already an established clientele and like you got out of the gates and now you're you're better than you were like a year ago because you, you got like, oh shit, I got I gotta put the reps in. For sure. Right? So so now like how did you like abort like this communication level? And like how can you like can you like like decipher or like see signs of like oh he's a smart kid, he's not, uh, they know a lot and I'm not I'm not <laughs> saying like i'm not saying smart in general i'm just saying like they know their stuff compared like someone that doesn't know
1: well i find that a touchy subject right because you're gonna get people this is a who, good, like pun for massage therapy it's a touchy a touchy subject, subject. <laughs> yeah well you're gonna get lots of people who come in and they tell you what's going on it might not be very accurate right yeah. And to say that they don't know what they're talking about is not the, I, like, I wouldn't want to say it like that. It's, they, they might gotten confused, or that's my, how they might feel about something, right? So, fair, fair. Uh,
0: that's right, like, that's on my bad, but
1: So, you're such well,
0: a Pardon? You're such a professional. You know the good words to say. Uh, <laughs> well, no, right. like, so, I think, I think you don't know if until you
1: know that's what it is right? Well, that, that's that's the thing so you have some people who might be trained in that field too right so when you have those people come in well it's usually it's a lot harder because if you have a different opinion than them it's to try to tell them i don't think i should be doing this because i don't i think it can make it worse and then you have that going on and then sometimes when you have someone who knows a lot, it, it makes your job a lot more difficult because you have to work a lot harder to try to explain your point of view. And you don't want to insult them saying, hey, I think you're wrong, buddy. I think you're okay. wrong and I'm right. It, it, you don't want to do that. So it's that, that's sometimes the hard part. When you say someone someone that's more educated in that field, and then you don't have the same point of view. And then it also comes to person to person. Some people are just open, and say, Yeah, let's try it out. But you know. So it's hard. Sometimes some people are just very go with the flow. I hurt here. Do what you got to do, right? They they trust you. Some people just come in there and they have an immense amount of trust, which is awesome because it makes our job a lot easier. But it's also, it's very thankful because it shows the amount of respect they have towards our profession. So I find that cool. So everyone has a different level of education and knowledge towards the body. And that comes to how would he react differently? So it's a very, I find it's a hard question to answer. It's, uh... <laughs>
0: I'm tossing you for a spin ball over here, man. Yeah. <laughs> but I, honestly, like, it makes sense, right? Like, um, the, the fact of, like, making... And, and I could say that for a fact. Like, I'm seeing pretty... Like, I'm seeing a lot of athletes here, and, like, they're like, hey, man, like, this fucking hurts. Like, do their... It could be either do your thing, or, like, after treatment, they like probably you didn't do it right i like i mean myself too man I've, i went to see a chiropractor last year before i just, i'm seeing the chiropractor i've seen now and he like it was totally against what i believe in and i was just like that didn't do shit
1: yeah right? so or, but or has this happened you went to a chiropractor completely against your beliefs and then they did something and then you're like oh shit That helped.
0: Yeah, that that happened too before. And, but like the, the chiropractor I saw, a couple of them, they were like, oh, your neck, your neck is fucked up. And I'm like, didn't you read on my list, my health history list that like, I, I'm a weightlifter and I compete, I put 400 pounds plus over my head four times a week or whatever. And, but But it means, like, it depends, right? It depends the situation, depends the case, and, like, also, like, more. But I like what you're saying about, like, flipping the situation about, of like, if if you know more, you probably also create a bigger standard and a bigger expectation. So it's harder to work with compared to someone who just, like, comes in blank
1: state and be like, hey, help me out. Yeah. Well, you said it earlier, right? When a client comes in and they know their terms, it's like a battle. So you you said that earlier. So sometimes it's like, it depends uh, on what your personality is, but it might be like two rams headbutting each other for like a a fight for knowledge. And it shouldn't be like that. It should be like both parties accepting. Okay. 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 But like if you go see someone, usually you should just accept their knowledge, right? Say I'm going to see this person and I'm going to accept that knowledge. Same thing as I, when I go see another healthcare professional, I'm not trying to tell the x-ray tech how to do their job. I'm not trying to tell, uh, like, the or the physio, no, don't do it like this. And then you let them do their thing. Like, maybe after a couple of treatment, and it doesn't work, you give them feedback, right? So you they can learn. Or you can learn how things are going on. It might react really well. It might react wrong. And no one can control all the outcomes all the time. I mean, we're all human after all. Is that song? I think it's a song. I think you're frozen too.
0: Hey, no, no, no. You're frozen on my end. Is everything all right on your side, dude?
1: I don't know where we left.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so we, we just paused uh, the, the chat over here because everything was frozen for a couple seconds. But... Okay but it, it makes sense, man. I I think like, it's very important that we, that it's important we stand our lane.
1: Like. Okay. Yeah. Well, it, it goes on both sides and it, it's just, it's the feedback that you give, right? Cause it's important to give the feedback on how you reacted or how your body reacts and how you feel afterwards. And that's how lots of the times treatments continue, right? Yeah. It's, if you don't react well, you say I didn't react well. And then, you go to the next step you yes just, right because sometimes it's trial by error percent,
0: 100 percent. so my question for you dude like when like for like trial by error or like next treatment how do you like do you provoke or like include someone else in the truth like the circle of care of someone as a therapist like so,
1: so like, usually... who, like
0: oh that didn't really work for me do you like refer out or do you say hey give me another chance or
1: we have a Cairo, two chiros and a physio and another massage therapist Nice at one of my clinics. So sometimes it's, I might not be the one for you. So maybe you go see another massage therapist. So sometimes it's not even referring to another health, like a different healthcare provider completely, like a different field. Sometimes it's just another provider. It's uh, maybe our techniques they don't dive together everyone reacts differently they might have a different approach go see this person and then that's what's cool about having a multidisciplinary clinic is that you can refer to other therapists and everyone has a different style and that's what's cool about not always having the same style in the same clinic right it's that you might not always agree you might not always work the same way but at least the clients can have a variety of therapists that can treat them so massage therapy doesn't work for them for, with me try it with another therapist a massage therapist if that doesn't work you know we have chiros and physios some people do all three right so depending on how re- you react it's just referring out right so you do one treatment didn't work out you try another one in this if that doesn't work out either then you say okay cool if there was no progress done at all and there was no regression, and you're pretty much staying the same. It might not be working out. Try this instead. You don't. You, you might not have to come see me again. I'd like to stay updated, just to see how it's going. We're in the same clinic, so if you could just like tell them, to give me feedback, or just tell me how it's going on, that's great. But sometimes it's just referring to a chiropractic, a chiropractor, or a physio. And then if that sometimes it's vice versa. Sometimes the chiropractor says, "Hey, it's not working." You need a massage just different approach right more soft tissue release uh we have a little bit more time than chiropractors usually so we're able to go a little bit deeper tissue and stuff so depending on how that goes i mean i find it fantastic i also work in another clinic and we're all massage therapists and sometimes it's just uh re to another therapist like we're not uh, we don't have multi-disciplinary there but we have different therapists. So it's just referring to different therapists. Everyone has a different approach, right? Some have more of an athletic background. Some have more of a globing background, stuff like that. So I find that cool. Have you you experienced it yet? You work in the CrossFit gym with a physio. So
0: yeah. So like, I've been very, very fortunate. Like I'm starting my first day. So when that's going to air out, I'm going to be probably my second day at the multidisciplinary clinic. So I have two clinics now, uh, two office space. So I got in the CrossFit gym, which is really nice because like people come in and they're like, I, I oftentimes gonna refer out to the physio if I'm because I'm not able like as massage therapist as we both know, but people don't probably don't know in the world like we cannot offer a diagnosis, right? Which you could say like my our clinical impression is
1: clinical impressions.
0: <laughs> yeah, and uh, so I'm gonna like refer people out to like physiotherapy because of the diagnosis are you making yourself a coffee right now? Water. Oh, water. Ooh. Um, but I'm going to offer off the time, like refer out that physio just to get a diagnosis, diagnosis, just to like confirm what I believe.
1: Okay. Like, um, sometimes so it's now, just like,
0: a- with the chiropractor here, uh, physio. And I think we got an osteo at the second clinic space I am at now. I, I don't know how it's going to go, but I think I'm going to refer everyone to like, just to create like, a a proper circle of care and like in the physio clinic, like at the, at the CrossFit gym, it's cool. Cause it's all perf- like, it's my first day at the clinic. So I cannot say really here, but at the at the CrossFit gym where my office, my main office is, it's nice. Cause like, we're going to work on something or I'm going to see someone lift and then we're going to go through the treatment. And then after that, before they leave, oftentimes we're going to go into the gym and like have proper like uh, remedial exercises That's like based on their performance or oftentimes I'm going to see them. How do you lift or do a pull up just to see like, Hey, are we activating proper muscles or are we performing the skill properly?
1: Yeah. That's something I find cool about your practice. So you're a lot more athletic based than I am. So you have more, you work more with athletes and people who train, uh, stuff like that. I I find that really cool. Like I, I, I haven't really exposed myself to that type of.
0: Like we 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 do have like two different like big background like where you went very like specific, like clinic based get the experience in right yeah and for right. me I went straight in the gym build my own business right away yeah and then then COVID hit when I don't uh, a couple months after but it it was definitely a challenge at first like create that idea that I wanted for for like therapy massage therapy right.
1: And oh, you had your idea in in mind and you stuck to it which is very respectful right you knew yeah. what you wanted so and it's fun too because like it
0: offered me so much time to train with the practice the, the line of practice i had for the last year of like it gave me more free time to train myself which i accomplished very big like athletic goals currently right
1: so well i mean the- That's another thing about us, eh? We get to decide when we work.
0: Yeah, and, like, like, that's one thing I want to talk with you because we're both, like, training at a high capacity, man. Like, like for me, like, I just recently made the top 25 list, and, like, I'm just going to make a shameless plug over here, like, brush it off my shoulders. Um, And that's something I'm pretty, like, pretty proud of because I've been working for that. Like, I didn't work for that specifically, but it's like, oh, shit, oh. That's really cool. Um, but, like, for you, man, like, you deadlifted, like, what, 700 pounds? 600 pounds?
1: No, 600. Oh. <laughs> I'd like to do 700. No, but uh,
0: – our jobs. We can train as much as we want and
1: work as much as we want, too. Well, I think that's something we get a big advantage on is the fact that, one, we're not – Active all day because of our job, but we're not sedentary. So we're in a state where we're always ready, we're always standing. So our our body is engaged, but we're not actually exerting ourselves to a high degree, which leaves us the capacity to still be able to train and our body is always ready because it's not like you're sitting all day and then you got to go train. So then that's a shock on your system because you're changing to a sedentary state to an active state right away while you work you're able to stand all day so your body is always in a state where your your blood's flowing your heart rate's a little higher up so it, especially this us
0: especially us as big boys man our heart is pumping all day long
1: <laughs> so I, I got this whoop right so that's new so i got a fitness tracker and i, I never really looked at like what my heart rate was but I, I find that super, super interesting because uh, I never, I never knew what it was. Right. So uh, like I got heart, it.
0: My heart. Yeah. I, I feel my heart. It's pumping right now. I, I did right cardio now.
1: once. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, it's really cool. Cause I thought my heart rate was going to be at like 75, 80, like on, on resting. Right. Cause well, we're, we're a little bigger and your heart works a little harder when you do that, but geez, I, I think my resting heart rate goes between like 56 and 62. It's in that range when I'm sitting, I haven't worked with it yet, but uh, I can't wait to see what it goes up to. Right. So like, I want to see what my rest, well, it won't be resting, but it'll be my heart, my average heart rate throughout the day. Like, is it going to be the eighties, the hundreds, how hard are we actually working? That's something that I, I, I never, well, I don't know. I don't know if you know, like how hard are you working throughout your day? Cause it's hard to wear a fitness strap if you're working with oils and all that. So it's just how hard are we actually working and what strain does it have on our body? So like
0: for me, like I I have a Garmin watch and I'm able to put it a bit higher, but like around my heart rate is around like 80, 80 beats a minute when I'm working, depending on like if I'm working on like someone a bit more intense, uh, I probably got to be higher. If it's more like, relaxation base decrease uh, like sympathetic nervous system let's drop big words here it's a podcast <laughs> um, but uh it, it's very it varies but imagine like it would be like sitting like your heart rate is super low right now man imagine like you're you're sitting at like 52 to 62 bite- beats per minute for like eight hours a day and then all right cool let's go full beef kids
1: and you jack it up.
0: Deadlifts today. Here we go.
1: <laughs> oh, I mean, you take a little pre-workout, brings your heart rate up too, gives you that little boost of energy. But it has lots to do with the metabolism on on the training, right? And sure. There's there's also the just middle. If you're working a 12 hour day, it will have a huge impact on how you train. Also, yeah. right? You're working 12 hours. Um, you, you have 30 minutes in between clients. You have to shove in your meals, and uh, in between those times, you're rushed all day. It's going to affect your training no matter what. But like, let's say on an, on, uh, I won't say average day. I'll say a small day. Average people work eight hours a day. Massage therapists, I think we work like six. Yeah. Seven. Uh, so if you do a six, seven hour day and you go train after that, chances are you're going to have a great training time. Because one, you were active. You're, you're warmed up already. Like, do you even need to do a warm up? You've been having a half lunge all day, bent over doing all this. Yeah. Like you should already be warmed up. So your body should be ready, but it's to to say like, at what level do does your strain on your body? Like what's the sweet spot? Like you don't want to do too little. You don't want to do too much. What is the sweet spot? And it changes from individual to individual. That's for sure. But it's just, it's interesting. I'm going to start keeping track with it. So
0: yeah, I'll be able to see. I had a, one of my buddies uh, on the show, he had he has a whoop for like I think a, a year and a half now, and he's been like pretty. He's been he's a personal trainer in Minnesota, Ethan, Ethan Burgey. If you're on if you're listening to this, shout out big guy. Uh, but he was talking on, on our last the the previous episode about the whoop and like the, the data for his day. It's like it's it's gonna ramp up recovery is gonna get lower and lower as the week progress. And then the rest day rest day happens, recovery shoots the sky, and then friday saturday training sessions basically creates a bigger strain and then he's recovered by monday
1: okay so he has more recovery during the week than on the weekends. so he trains harder on the weekends
0: yeah kind of yeah i don't know like per se his trainings like what he does in his training but he does like a mixture of like strength uh strength work and crossfit so like it kind to go it builds up throughout the week right
1: Okay. Yeah. And it depends on your sleep. I think, uh, well, whoop has a lot of focus on sleep recovery. Uh, I'm not sure how Garmin Fitbit and like Apple do theirs. I think the, I I know Apple is mostly step oriented. So it calculates your step and heart rate. Uh, but whoop has, I think it's the recovery level with the sleep. So I find that interesting how well you sleep will dictate on what strain level you should go on with your day so how hard you should train on how much you slept if you didn't sleep well and it calculated didn't sleep well it's going to tell you well you should do this much exercise according to the amount of sleep you got and i mean it's a new way to look at it so I, i don't know how accurate it is either because obviously if you go for a 10 minute sprint your heart rate's going to go up so it's going to say that your strain level was a lot higher than if you do a uh, low impact training session for an hour and a half where yeah. your heart rate's going to stay between 90 and 110 right so it's it's just interesting and you, and you learn a little bit as you go you, you start to learn okay so i might have felt this way but the whoop doesn't necessarily say the same amount of strain so it might not come out to the same level on how you feel and how the strapping says you shouldn't have reacted yet
0: and like but but before like before you had the whoop you're very like very subjective you, you know how you feel a lot right like i remember you told me like you had a training setup and you just went home nap and then you tried it again later on right
1: yeah so because like, uh, one morning i went to try to do deadlifts i tried didn't move i said no i'm not, I'm not gonna push myself i'm gonna go sleep went to bed slept a, an hour or two went back and that day is actually when i pulled like my pr so i was like wow that, that's pretty intense right so the morning itself was shitty so but <laughs> uh
0: but i, I think it's, good, it's valuable information right like now that you have before wearing the whoop you're very like intra and like intrinsic you know how you feel a lot and then now you add the whoop it just creates a validation of like okay that's why that's this confirms what I believed, how I felt. Okay, I probably should take it easier today. What's a, what's not.
1: But yeah, I was I was already a big fan of the nervous system, right? So, well, I, I like to lift heavy. I'm not a big fan of uh, like, oh, let's get this huge pump. Well, I can, I'm still a fan of the pump, but I, I like lifting swole heavy patrol, weights and,
0: bro, swole patrol. Well,
1: yeah, full beef, full beef,
0: full beef. But <laughs> hey, man, this is like. This is something I want to talk about because, like, it's very rare. But I, I don't—I wouldn't say rare. But like, you're 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 built different, man. Like, you pulled six hundred pounds off the floor.
1: It's not that rare, like. Uh, no, but I, I don't find
0: think it as a massage therapist. You don't hear a lot of massage therapists. Hey, I pulled six hundred pounds off the floor.
1: Yeah, there's actually. Uh, I forgot his name. I, I was watching. Leon Brown compete. I think it was in a, it was in a country in the South, like a Central America. And there was like a a powerlifting meet and there was a man from Canada. I forgot his name, but he was also a massage therapist and he was competing in a powerlifting meet. And I was like, same thing as you said, wow, a massage therapist that's doing powerlifting. That's rare. Uh, So I find that cool. It's just, it's a sidetrack but yeah it, it oh. does happen and,
0: and I said, actually it, it speaks volume right like you're you're going out you're working and then you go out and do the reps
1: yeah well uh, that's the thing and it depends what your goals are right uh lots of people these days are into bodybuilding and powerlifting is becoming more uh, popular too so you're, you're seeing a lot of more people getting stronger so if i feel like a lot of people are just getting stronger, but I feel as if lots of, of strength is genetic. I got to give it that, but lots of it is hard work too. So genetics have a have a big a big part of it. Not everyone can deadlift a thousand pounds like Eddie Hall, or like Brian Shaw, or like Hato Bjornson, right? So it comes to genetics to a certain point. But because these sports are getting more popular, you're getting a higher amount of people who are practicing them. So you're getting more people who are able to deadlift. And I think that's going to make like competition a lot harder in the years to come because you're getting these young people who are starting to train, which have great genetics. Like I, I'm seeing kids that are 15, 16, 17, 18, and they're pulling ridiculous weights, right? Like if you go on social media, you're having these young kids and they're pulling ridiculous weights. And it's like, holy geez. Yeah. When I was that age, I was benching a plate.
0: When I was that age, I was – having beers and playing
1: GameCube. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. No, uh, when I had a GameCube, I couldn't.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's it's so true, right? Like, you look
1: at it from a a strength perspective
0: or, like, strength sports, it's getting a lot more popular. Training is a lot more fun now. It's, like, a bit more, like... I think it's, like, it's at the point now, like, you want to play a sport, you got to train.
1: Well, uh... that that is a, that is true. I think it's trending correctly. Like if you look at uh football teams in the U.S., like college football teams and stuff, uh, a thing that's becoming really popular now is weightlifting. That's becoming a lot more popular. like weightlifting itself, so yeah. like uh, you're getting these hand cleans, these uh, power cleans, all these things. So these movements are becoming a lot more popular, and I yeah. think there's a lot more research being. Put behind it too right because it's very explosive movement and i mean football is a very explosive sport maybe one of the most explosive sports maybe not the most athletic but most explosive i'm ready to put my money on it because these, these people are like freaking 15, strong
0: 15 seconds like or whatever it's like 10 seconds for a play
1: yeah so these people are very explosive short bursts very strong powerful people and they're not doing deadlifts out there they're, they're doing hand cleans, cleans, all these things. Because oh, you, you got to hold the weight mid air and just blow it up, right? You just got to, like, like, when you do it, it looks so easy. It looks effortless when you you do your cleans. It looks effortless, Pat. Don't, don't lie to me. It looks effortless, okay, bud? <laughs> so it looks effortless when you do it. But realistically, you're putting, what, 350, 400 pounds? Onto your, on, onto your clavicles straight from the ground.
0: Yeah, man. Little bruise over here happening.
1: <laughs> so, that I mean, you make it look like it's easy, too. So, one, practice and reps, meathead logic, I guess, uh, makes it look easier. You get practice in. You get the movement more fluid, but it's raw, explosiveness, right? Like, how, how much do you weigh? Can I ask you this? Sorry, Pat. Do you care?
0: No. It's okay. You could ask me this. Uh, this morning I weighed at one thirteen, which is I'll give the math over here. I think it's two forty eight.
1: Two forty eight. Yeah.
0: Wait. I'll, I'll give you the real number over here. One thirteen. Two forty eight point six. Conversion. Okay. Conversion. I'm getting pretty good at those.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm not into kilograms yet, but. Uh, uh yeah, so. How 130- did you could dunk a basketball? Yeah. And you're what, like 5'11 and a half, five, 11, three quarters. Uh, are you six feet yet?
0: Nope. Nope. Not even with my, with my lifting, with my lifting shoes, I'm six foot though.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. That's what matters. It's basically like if I'm five eleven, I could round it up to six feet. And then with my lifting shoes, I'm basically like six, four or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, no, but it, it, for you though, like, how do you structure your training with work? Cause like you're, you're, you've been busy, man. Like you're working, with working in the clinic, like
0: for me, I had a, a slower start for me per se, but for you, you've been busy. You had the established clientele. How did you structure training in like, what, in a year since you've been a, ther- a massage therapist? Like what was your deadlift when you started? Let's put some
1: numbers out. When I started, I think, started when, when we start October, um, when I went to Sudbury with you yeah, you in like, 2019 yeah. was it? In 2019 I went to Sudbury I went to meet you there we went to work at a workout at Kilgannon, the Kilgannon gym I deadlifted 500 for 5. I don't know what my, what my one rep max was but that's in 2019 so that's when I started and then and now this you're at year
0: 100 we're 2020 well, to be
1: fair, I don't think I could do that right now. But when I was doing the Mad Cow program, shout out to the Mad Cow program, best program out there if you want to gain strength. Uh, that's what I did six hundred for five. So that I, it was it, that's what a year, a hundred pounds in a year.
0: Yeah. So, so, so how do you structure your training with this? Like, because like, I start. I know was like bro. your your work, and you've been seeing a lot of people out of the gates yeah. really.
1: Well, Pat, that's top secret. I can't give you the secret. No, I'm joking. Uh, So I I started off. I was pretty... (laughs) I I started off. It was busy, right? So I think the training and the start of... The end of 2019 and, like, the start of 2020 was pretty rough. One, gyms closed. So that that was rough. I mean, (laughs) couldn't do much. Then when they opened back up in June... uh, at that point I worked a lot of, I think I worked three evenings. So I had the mornings to train. So before I, I worked, so I had, I had my whole lot of energy in the morning. So that's when I did my compound lifts. So compound lifts were in the morning, uh, when I woke up, so heavy lifts were on the morning and then when I worked mornings and then I had my nights to train, well then it was mostly like accessories and bodybuilding. I mean, we, we talk bodybuilding. It's all aesthetics and it's all how you look. But realistically, it helps a lot with your accessories, right? Like your biceps, doesn't matter how you look at it. Your biceps are holding up 500, 600 pounds when you're deadlifting. So if you, don't, if you can't strengthen your biceps, you're not going to be holding that weight. Uh, it's like anything. And what is it? Your, your cleans, your, even though you're, you're supposed to shrug it up and all that, your biceps are doing some of the work too. You need to hold that weight.
0: So what's your five cents with like all like bi- so I started with a little segment like what's your five cents? In what's your five cents on like bicep health and like training from bringing like or like rehab per se, like the importance of the bicep and like strength sports.
1: What's um.
0: Your five cents on this.
1: Personally, or like for the general public.
0: Let's go. Let's go. Your professional opinion from like,
1: for the- athletes or general public.
0: Uh, regardless, your professional opinion first.
1: You could go both. Okay. And, and give me your
0: personal, personal opinion uh, on the biceps.
1: They're they're too weak. So for the general public, they're too weak and shortened.
0: Okay, cool.
1: Also, why why do you think that? Uh, just technology. Whoa, look at us. We're like this. We're not doing anything with our biceps. We're chilling like this, and we're we're not doing anything with them. So they're getting shortened through the shoulder, through the elbows, and we're not using them like we're not using so for the general public they're too short too weak and they're gonna have sh- front shoulder pain because you have tendonitis because it's being shortened that's the basic the basic get-go so uh for the general public you gotta try to stretch it out and strengthen it right so you gotta do active stretching so like pnf stuff like that where you're able to contract the muscle and stretch it at the same time that's ideal yeah,
0: even for people who train even eccentric loading would be
1: great yeah so like just hold the weight and let it drop yeah. for the general public if you're an athlete your biceps are way too strong and you train them too much
0: oh okay <laughs> <laughs> i honestly didn't expect you saying that but i love it dude
1: oh uh, yeah so y- y- we probably train our athletes well anyways the people who are, i go to i go to a gym and it's like a very bodybuilding right so it's to get the biggest muscle and stuff like that and most of the time you hear people with shoulder pain oh it hurts when i do this it hurts when i bench it hurts when i do shoulder press it's not because your shoulder is messed up it's because your biceps are way too tight and it's pulling everything forward right it's pulling everything forward your capsule is being compressed and all that Like, it it shouldn't be hurting, that's for sure. And oftentimes is, oh, we're going to do 10 sets of bicep curls for 15 reps, and we're going to superset it with another exercise of biceps. Yeah, well, like.
0: (laughs) Okay, so, like, just to keep adding to this conversation of, like, this subject, since, like, there's so many young young bucks, I'm going to call them at your gym, right? Like, pulling extreme amount of weight. They just want to get big biceps. They're going to do big deadlifts, big squat, or whatever it is. Probably just a lot of bench. Um, and then they're gonna do like a lot of bicep. Do you think it's like lack of knowledge or lack of awareness?
1: It's a good point.
0: Because, um, like for me, man, I remember, I remember when I was like in path with Calacua. Like it was couple sets of squats, couple sets of bench, and then just get huge biceps. Well, I think I
1: lost I had a phone call. I had to, I had to decline it. Oh, um, so, sorry, fine. Um, well, big pecs equals big paychecks, right? Mark so, Bell. Mark Bell said it. Words of wisdom. <laughs> so, uh, according to the bicep thing, you said it's a lack of knowledge. And what was the other point?
0: Or or lack of awareness.
1: Uh, I would say awareness, but mostly goal-oriented. Okay. Uh, because usually people want to look bigger, right? And they want their arms to look bigger. And then they're like, okay, get, get the biceps bigger, get the biceps bigger. I want, I want bigger arms. I want my t-shirt to be tight around my arms. Uh, so yeah. Anyways, what you got to do is realistically your bicep is the smallest muscle in your, in your arm up here. So it's not, it's not the one you should be working the most. So I think it's, uh, the goal on, I sh- maybe you shouldn't be growing, and let's go into awareness, right? Maybe you shouldn't be trying to grow the bicep as much. Okay. Uh, and I, I find it's also social media, because you're looking online, uh, you, you scroll through Instagram, you see all these Instagram workouts, right? And it's these people saying, get, get a bicep thumb get a bicep pump, get a bicep pump. And they're showing all these arm exercises or ab exercises, right? So they're showing all these things. So I think it's uh, the exposure of knowledge. And then uh, I listened to a podcast the other day. It was with Jeff Nippert and I forgot what the other one was, but it was also training intensity, right? So it's not always to, um, you know what RPE is, right?
0: Yeah, reps and uh, whatever.
1: No, not reps and uh, storage. So uh, it's,
0: uh uh, perceived perceived exertion
1: yeah yeah so it's your perceived exertion on what a set was so uh, rpe 10 would be like you had nothing left in the tank and like you failed the last one nine was okay i might have been able to do one more but that was pretty much like all i had so stuff like that uh you don't always have to train to failure. So RPE 9 or 10, right? So sometimes it's just get a volume in, but let's say you do four sets of an RPE of 7, 8. So you still have some in the tank. You're still not going into that injury area because you won't have an injury on an RPE of four five six, right? Because you're, you're able to handle that. You're getting into injury when you're getting tired. That's when you get injured. So that uh, that comes to another subject there, but you don't always have to go that high up. And like we said earlier, it creates a strain on your body. And I was a big believer in, uh, on your nervous system. Right. So for you to be able to lift the most and have the most efficient workouts, you need to have a rested and awake nervous system. That's how your muscle contraction happens. And it's your nervous system that lets you allow, allows you to lift heavier weights. So if I think
0: if you go like super nerd over here. I think like, your ability to stay parasympathetic the longest gonna give you the most benefits. Cause like if so you're, you're trying
1: not, to.
0: if you're like always sympathetic, like fight or flight, RPE ten all the time, like you'll get injured all the time. But if you're yeah. like able to stay very parasympathetic, a bit less intense, like incre- like just gradually increase the intensity, you're able to stay in the fight longer. Think, That's like, true. Think thing about, um, and I'm going to bring back Rocky over here, but, like, think about Ivan Drago and Rocky, okay? Like, Rocky was able to stay in the fight not because he was, like, guts-blazing in the first round. That's because he was calm throughout the full 10 or 12, whatever it was. Because Ivan Drago oh, went out the gates and, like, tried to, like...
1: Eat his Would head. you say you, you need know? a sympathetic state to perform at your peak level? Yeah, so, like... the think about like stay um, low and then when you when time is needed you go high yeah. so let's say you have your meat so like yeah you, yeah. you sit yeah. down you chill you're waiting you're in your head you're kind of just chilling and then that's when you have 30 seconds left you got to get up you get a slap on your back you take your smelling salts <sighs> your obsidian smelling salts you throw them away and then the, that's when you go on stand so that's when you're you're activating your sympathetic state right yeah, so it's important to have it well it depends on what type of exercise you're doing too are you are you doing a one rep heavy max or are you going to be training for hypertrophy and you're going to do 15 reps where you're going to need a lot more concentration
0: yeah so like i think that's that speaks of like where do you stand like me day be super sympathetic get fucking fired up when you get to the platform Yeah. but when you're in the back room you got to make sure you keep as parasympathetic as possible and even it's in the gym right like you could get much more benefits from four sets of 15 with, like, fifteen on the bicep curl than, like, four sets of 20 with, like, whatever the fuck the load is.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm also a fan of sets of 8 to 10 because I find 15 – 15 hurts, man.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, it hurts. I, I don't know why you want it to hurt. Yeah. You get a pump without going to 15. I mean, I'm no Mr. Olympia Chris Bumstead. He, he might be doing it, but <laughs> – I don't need to. Oh, man.
0: And then, like, like, now we're talking about more injury and training, but let's uh, – I want to hear about your injuries. Because you had a – uh, and now that, like, you're, you're pulling heavyweight, uh, you had surgery. Like, tell the people what it is, man.
1: So, well, I had shoulder surgery because I kept on – my right shoulder kept on dislocating. I think it dislocated, what, eight, nine times? But then I got my right shoulder operated on. Uh I can't say I was the smartest about oh, it. Fair. We we all dumb. Because you, you've people. seen me squat four plates.
0: Dude, okay, <laughs> I'm going to interrupt you right now, okay? For dear listeners over here, if you know Frog or Eric Langlois, he got shoulder in a sling. He's like, I, ain't, I am not missing a squatting session just because of my fucking shoulder. Dude, you were putting plates with one hand on the fucking barbell and then i'm training i'm there with lee and gp i believe we're all training having a good time you show up whipping your big cock around and you're like all right i'm gonna show you how to lift today kids and you're loading the bar with one hand and then what you lifted your back squatted 405 for like a triple with one arm, like one arm on the bar the other one in a sling
1: Yeah, so I can't say I was the smartest about it.
0: (laughs) It it makes a really good story to tell.
1: I'm going to tell that. I was just trying to get my Lumberjack Festival invite. Honestly, that's all (laughs) I was going for. (laughs) So, uh, yeah. No, it was – I can't say I was the smartest about it. But, I mean, you definitely learn – like I have before and after pictures, right? I I, I wasn't the strongest before those trainings, and I can't say I was – smartest training before that surgery either because i i i plateaued for i think two years before that injury i wasn't gaining any strength my bench press was stuck at 275 Uh, my squat i wasn't going heavier i think i reached five plates that's the highest i got it wasn't going up a pound deadlift was staying the same five plates is 495 495 i just want to put that there for people so (laughs) keep going Uh yeah, so then anyways, that's I I was pretty much stuck there. And then I got the shoulder surgery, and then that brought me a reality check, I guess, or taught me like, oh, you need balance. Oh, (laughs) and then it's just uh it's not always chest, chest, chest. So I had to include more shoulders, more more back stuff. And I think what happened is my body was able to handle weight at that point. It wasn't just to move weight but it's be able to handle the weight. Right. So, uh, after that surgery, I think it's been what, two, three years. And then I, I've, at this point, progress is, it's not exponential. Right. So I'm not going to be gaining a hundred pounds on each lift every year. I mean, that's not how it happens. So you're going to get a, I, you get this little boost, but then it's, uh, you get these little gains you you, you don't have the rookie gains anymore you're not going to gain a hundred pounds on your bench press and stuff like that so you get smaller gains but it's just uh you learn that you you need balance right so and it's also rest rest is also important because i think in college i was going to the gym every day in between classes after classes and i was sleeping maybe five six hours i was partying every night and uh you know it was it was It was college but i wasn't getting bigger i wasn't getting stronger so that's when you learn with time that rest and balance is important right so for you need to sleep you need to lift and you need to share the love with all your body parts because your calves are important
0: so so like since then it changed a lot in your like training right since that injury and like that surgery so you said before that surgery your bench was 275, and now what's your bench? I have just like put over here. Uh,
1: the highest.
0: Oh, another phone call by Eric. Oh, Eric is a busy man today.
1: Yeah, I'm on my phone. Sorry. So, that's fine. That's fine, dude. so really fine. Uh, 275, and then I the highest I hit was 365. If it was clean or not, I don't know. I say I hit it. So I. <laughs> <There's> <laughs> that's gym. what I said. Good gym makes. Their gym so it, it's 90 pounds up on my bench press so I'm happy with it
0: that's would huge but I
1: want it to be happy I want it to be heavier for sure <laughs> you
0: always want you know you know like
1: never satisfied <laughs> always hungry
0: so so just to dial it back man like how how was your like just like recovery per like per se from that surgery like so you did you did the surgery? What you do for your shoulder to like get that better? Like, do you had any physio, chiro, whatever? Which healthcare provider? So
1: I pretty much only did physio.
0: Okay, cool, fair.
1: So I pretty much only did physio. Uh, it helped. I mean, it, it stayed in. It hasn't come out since the surgery and since all that. Big shout out to my surgeon. <laughs> Great job. <laughs> I have no pain. Uh, minimal scars. <laughs> yeah so uh, he might have done something like it's a lot stronger now right so i don't know maybe i'm like a bionic man now i don't know but uh it's it's been a lot better so it it's been more not necessarily warming up but just different movements and including like rotations more so it's not it's not just pulling and pushing right Pulling and pushing, pulling and pushing, pulling and pushing. I mean, they are the major drivers and movements of our shoulders, right? You push and pull. Yeah. But it's also, well, I mean, rotator cuff, rotations. It, it, it's a lot of it. <laughs> so it, it's uh, a lot of light weight. So the thing is with shoulder health is that you don't need to be moving 30 pounds 15 20 pounds in your rotations. So all you need is like two two pounds a pound you just need a little bit of force to activate those small muscles you go more than that you're activating more like it could it could be anything right so in any movement if you're doing a small rotation you only want two pounds you don't or else chest is going to get involved your rhomboids all these other muscles are going to get involved you, you want to use that small minimal weight as soon as you start going uh ego lifting or saying oh i don't want to be seen lifting two pounds that's when you start compensating with other things and you don't have the the full benefits of lifting with that specific muscle. So it's called isolation for those bodybuilders. You know, when you have that bicep peak, you don't want to do cheat curls. When you go too heavy, you start doing cheat curls. You want, you want to have that isolation. You want to have that lighter weight. That's why you see those, those big guys with the big bulging veins on their biceps. They're not curling 100. Well, they might, be, but most of them aren't curling 100 pounds or 80 pounds. They're going to be curling 25, 30 pounds, which for some, yes, that is heavy. But for someone of that size, that's lightweight, but they're concentrating on the strict form itself and isolating the muscle. So that's a lot of on the shoulder stuff. It's that you don't need to be scared of being seen lifting very light weights. The light weights are very, very fruitful for your shoulder health. So they're very important.
0: That's awesome. And I'm really happy you are saying this because that like takes off a couple questions and subjects I wanted to discuss. Thank you. (laughs) But (laughs) To close it off, man, you've, you've shut out Mad Cow before as, like, the best training program you've did. What's well, the worst, then? Mine. Hands, <laughs> <laughs> so the sur- The the shoulder surgery, is that what you mean?
1: Yeah. <laughs> no, I'd say, uh, like, I, I'd probably say my programs, Uh you sculpt them yourself, you learn what you like, and then chances are you're going to be rougher on yourself than other people are going to be on you. So you make it too intense. Like If I make myself a squatting program, you goddamn know we're squatting five times a week and we're going heavy every single one of them. Mad cow, you're going to squat three times a week and you're going to squat five sets. You're going to go heavy, but I mean, that's 15 working sets I would make myself do 30 40 50 working sets of squats right so I'd say I definitely make my worst program because I go way too hard on myself but that's that's on something else right so I would
0: do you have a coach or like are you going to think of like getting programs or
1: uh so I'm a lot on the coaching stuff I do a lot to myself, right? So like I said, I, I'm the worst programming. I, I, I'm the worst program I've ever done, but I think it's also, you know yourself the most. So coaching uh, is so-so, but I'm also into a lot of, uh, well, therapy, right? So I'm a healthcare professional, but it's also reaching out to other therapists and having them work on you. So there's uh, Mr. He's uh, I, I've been wanting to go see him too, well, I want to do a powerlifting meet, but everything's on hold for now for me. So uh, I wanted to get him included in my programming just so what he does is muscle reactivation. So he sees if you have any like lacking muscles, uh, if you have some that are over-firing more than others, and he helps you reactivate those muscles. So I think that's what I'm mostly into than more of a personal trainer or a trainer himself. Uh, I say that now, and I just thought I joined a CrossFit gym. So I did have uh, Joey Gould. Bu- teaching yeah. me lots of teaching me lots of form and stuff for for crossfit but i wouldn't say correlates directly to my powerlifting. It, it helps a lot with my mobility and coordination but i like it might not correlate completely together but it does help in a certain degree but i'd say that's the most of a personal trainer i've had uh, most of it is therapy and even then he's a kinesiologist kinesiolog. kinesiologist kinesiolog <laughs> so <laughs> Physiologist. okay yeah <laughs> and then uh yeah so even then words, he, words are hard he's a, words he's are a healthcare hard to professional yeah, he's a healthcare professional he's not a personal trainer he deserves more than that he worked very hard for his thing so he's a healthcare professional so even then uh, saying that it's a trainer i don't know yeah.
0: to, to an extent he is to an extent he's not also depending on like the the place he works at
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: Right? I think, uh, because he works with a physiotherapist, so he he does, and then they have a, I believe like the CrossFit Rush has a physio clinic in their gym now,
1: right? They they met together.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, Yeah. they they joined. Um, Mm -hmm. So just to give out like uh, on closing terms, man, what was the challenge you had in your community of building like not only like keep your training Accountable, but uh being a therapist and like being a full sender on the weekend.
1: Okay. So I think uh I keep my professional life and my lifting life very separate. So, Which is really
0: good by the way, cuz like I don't
1: <laughs> <laughs> so well it's I try not to when I go to the gym, I try not to be it acknowledged RMT, right? I try to go in there, and I'm Frog, so it, I have two personalities, you know. So uh, I'm Frog at the gym, so I'm able to be myself, train, uh, just socialize, do, do your own thing, and it's not necessarily marketing. It's not really putting your name out there. You're just being yourself, uh, compared to like when you go to work, it's RMT. It's all professional. It's uh, it's not this it's not really the same person as at the gym, right? So you're acting, uh, you you have these two different personalities. I'm not saying that it's completely different. I'm just saying that like you, you separate your work and play. So I go to the gym to play. It's my fun time. I don't want to be there. And like, it's work, even though when I'm at work, it's still fun. It's just, just a slight separation, right? Yeah. and Mm -hmm. It's also me time. It's also not fun. Let's say, you're at the gym and you're, you're trying to work out and then you have a stream of people coming in. Hey, my shoulder hurts. Like, what can you do? And you're tra- You're just trying to get your training in. And it's like, Oh, shoulder hurts. Like, how can I do that? Like the instinctively, instinctively, you're going to help. You're not going to say, no, I don't want to help you. It, you're going to help that person. It's just, it, it sucks up a lot of time. So if you're able to set the, that boundary with yourself and like do all that stuff, I find it, it just makes it for more, balanced nice nice well i love how you bring
0: balance over here what about you
1: like you said you you have trouble separating it oh yeah you, you played the role uh
0: i i i give them both at the same like the same importance basically um you
1: also work at a gym
0: i work at a gym also right so it's like easy to like get people in and out um and like since i'm there i could help a lot on like the and also like me being a very competitive athlete in weightlifting could help a lot. And like, and I'm going to start coaching weightlifting too, like uh, now. So it's like, gives me the ability to like, not only give my, give my five cents on like the, the rehab side of points, but also on the barbell. Like, okay. Hey, do this that way or that way it's going to optimize your movement pattern instead.
1: Okay. Yeah.
0: Cause like for me, like right now, like when I train at the gym, it's, like, with the team or the staff. And then I'm going to turn off time at the in the garage just so the fact of, like, I'm able to differentiate both of them. I'm also a very big talker, so it helps me when I train in the garage or with the staff. Yeah, you,
1: you can listen to Celine Dion in the garage and you don't have to worry about yeah, being I mean, judged.
0: Celine, Katy Perry, and then but it also like keeps me focused on the task I don't know what I got to do compared to if i go with uh, i train with more like people or at the weightlifting club oftentimes time i'm like not going to follow the program and i'm going to be team full send
1: yeah well so, you get influenced right no matter what you're going to get influenced
0: so but yeah that's for me man so where where can people find you
1: i'm in rockland you can find me at line Massage Therapy in Rockland, or you can find me at the Rockland Family Chiropractic Practice and Wellness, uh, all in Rockland. Cool. Represent man. Rockland. And yeah, so it's been a blast. Thanks, Pat.
0: Hey, no problem, man. Thanks to you, man. Anything you want to say to people uh,
1: to finish off? Uh, get those bicep pumps, eh? <laughs>